Hi, this is Cole. And this is Carly. Welcome to our podcast, Shrieks and Shivers. We're adding a little horror to your holidays, and this week we are reviewing the Advent calendar from 2021. Eve receives an Advent calendar for her birthday that not only provides sweet treats, but also witches, wishes that come with a price. Yes, so the characters in this show, there's actually quite a few characters in the movie. There's Eva, she's our main character. Then Sophie, who's her best friend. Um, William, I believe, is the first guy she likes. Then there's Agnes, the stepmom. Eva's father. Alois Hoffman, who is an artist. John is her boss. Miriam is a lady that takes her um, job. And then... For her, for the guy that she ends up with, I think his name is Antone. Oh my gosh, you do such a good job when it comes to characters. All I have is main, Eva, friend, Sophie, lover, William, boss, John. (laughs) Well, I was trying to get all of the people who end up also dying written down. Oh, that's smart. I was just kind of going to be like, oh, you know, her boss. So John. This, this movie was actually pretty good. Um, it is in French, so you have to read subtitles if you don't understand French in order to know what the movie's about. But I think it was very interesting. What did you think? I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I like, you know, diversifying our uh, the movies we watch. So I really enjoy watching movies outside of the United States. And I think the Advent Calendar is a great ho- horror holiday movie. Do you think, okay, so this movie kind of starts off with Eva being in a swimming pool and she just looks like this normal young lady enjoying a day, an afternoon in the pool, trying to get some exercise in. And we learn after, I believe it's Anton, he's hitting on her, that she's in a wheelchair because she kind of gets offended by that. And so she like gets out of the pool and then she asks him to bring her her wheelchair and then we realize she's like paraplegic. I feel like she was testing him because she's probably had some negative reactions since being in the wheelchair, since being paraplegic. So Mm -hmm. she was kind of seeing what he would do. And then when he did get her the wheelchair, she got in and, you know, she was kind of like, well, bye. (laughs) Yeah, she was just she wasn't super friendly. She was just very straightforward. She said something about pretty girls, but I didn't really catch what she meant. Um, I don't know if like the subtitles just didn't translate it right, but I didn't understand it. And then later we find out that it's Eva's birthday. And so this is like the third day of December, making her a Sagittarius, one of the um, worst signs of the Zodiac. Oh, excuse me. We're the best sign. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. And her best friend, Sophie, brings her this calendar from, I guess she found it in Germany. Yes. And it is a creepy, creepy, creepy calendar. I'm like, okay. Hold Are on. You... It... Okay. It's not creepy. Okay, at first it's not creepy, but then you see stuff about it and you're like, this calendar is creepy. It's beautiful. It's kind of like an antique advent calendar and it's very heavily, um, I don't know if it's Christian, Catholic, but I wanted to give you a bit of info. It's, um, you know, 
it's funny that she found it in Germany because that's where the advent calendar comes from. Oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, they were created and used by German Lutherans. Huh. I always thought it would have come from like Rome or somewhere. Mm-mm. And then, it, you know, it's been taken by other groups, Christianity and capitalism and turned into what it is now. Yes. Like KK was saying, it's very ancient and it does give off a creepy vibe, especially when um, uh, the more she uses it. Yes. And so within the first night of her having it, she has to eat um, three of the doors because they're already on the third day of December. So she opens the first one and it is a chocolate and she eats it and then the packaging, she reads it and it's like rule number one or no, she reads it first and then she it says rule number one, if you eat one of me, you have to eat all of them, meaning you have to eat all of the candies in the advent calendar or I'll kill you. Yeah, I love how Sophie reads it to Eva because Sophie knows German and Eve does it. But I love how like Sophie's kind of like, it's the Germans. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, I just think that's an interesting like thing of the way the French might see the German like, oh, they're just grim people this is just their dark humor coming through and her friend's like okay and so she eats the first chocolate kind of sealing her fate in all of this and we get we get this quick transition as she eats the chocolate and opens up the other two boxes this creature it looks like in another dimension i thought it was in the box but i guess not and it's waking up and it seems as she eats it her and the creature become connected Yes, and it's like this very creepy, purpley um, figure with a very deformed face. So, overall, extremely creepy. And yes, I was like, is this a demon? And is it in another dimension? Or is it just a tiny demon that lives in the box? And then we find out it's not tiny. <laughs> no, it's not tiny. Which, um, um, so after um, the last candy she opens, well, she's very surprised because one of the candies she gets from the box as she's opening in front of Sophia is a candy that her dad used to love. And it's kind of, she's like, Sophia, did you like put candy in this? And she's like, no, I didn't. And like Eve's stunned. And then the next candy she gets, it's like a little baby, I think. It's like a Jesus. Baby Jesus. Yeah, baby mm-hmm. Jesus. And her friend takes it. And because each rapper has a reading on it and she reads it and she's like, And it's like a verse from the Bible. And God said, like, the lame will get up and walk. And that, you know, that immediately sours the mood because Eva, you know, is like, it kind of feels nasty, like a nasty joke. Yeah, because she's paralyzed. And obviously, this is a new thing for her. And it's something she's not comfortable with yet. And, you know, she's still very upset about it and grieving the loss of her legs in a way. I mean, she still has her legs, but grieving the loss of her mobility yeah we kind of get this awkward tension between evie and sophia because sophia is like let's talk about it evie's like i I don't want to so the night ends and sophia leaves and eva eats the chocolate that was her dad's chocolate and the phone rings and she's stunned because she's like huh like no one should be calling her this late and she answers it And it's her dad. And she's surprised that her dad called her and wished her a happy birthday because her dad has Alzheimer. And it seems like the Alzheimer has has hit him so hard that he doesn't even remember her or anyone. And another interesting fact about that scene is that 
Not only does her dad have Alzheimer's, so it seems unlikely he would remember to call her. She'd already tried calling him earlier that day and was told by her very mean stepmom, Agnes, that the step that the dad didn't even remember her, so why would he wish her a happy birthday? Um, but the phone that rings is actually a disconnected line. Oh, yeah, that's true. So that phone that rings in her apartment actually isn't connected to anything. I didn't know that. I thought when she meant that, I thought she meant like the other line was disconnected. I didn't know that phone was disconnected. No, her apartment one was disconnected. That's crazy. So yeah, so already supernatural things are happening. And um, the box, uh, we forgot to mention this. So Sophia and Eva are like earlier in the night, we're having fun. And Eva was trying to open up the box before midnight, the fourth box. And Sophia's like, you can't, that's cheating. And then or at midnight, um, this priest comes out of the top of the box and he's saying in German, like, it's midnight, it's time to open something along the line of that. <laughs> but sounds all creepy and like satanic or demonic. Yeah. And the longer you go on ignoring the box, the scarier the voice sounds. Yes. It sounds like a dying battery, like, you know, on a kid's toy where like the voice is all happy at first but as the battery dies it gets like more creepier and more distorted sounding that's how it sounded to me yeah definitely but uh this um like her eating that candy this is her taking a step onto a path of a very um it's it's great it's like miracles but they all come with a price yes and i uh, mean <coughs> excuse me some of them are to Eva's benefit and then some of them are double-edged sword where they benefit her but they also hurt her yeah so after that night and everything I believe um we see Eva at work and her boss is just so freaking shitty John her boss he treats her bad I think he like he says like she needs to get more customers because they had to get a new bathroom and I think it was for her so it's like I don't know it just feels like He's just really shitting on her and especially shitting on her disability. Yes. And also, I want to say about John, this John guy, he kind of looks like he used to be a pimp or something like prior to doing whatever their company does now. Yeah. And then he calls her into the office and he introduces uh, a new woman who's going to be working with her. And what was her name? Miriam. Miriam. What an old-fashioned name. And Miriam's kind of, you know, she's like into her hair, into her makeup. And um, when in the office with Eva, she mentions, can she move her desk over to the window? And Eva's like, why? I kind of like have been here longer. And why would I move my desk? Why would I move trade desk with you? And Miriam lets it slip that Eva's only going to work Mondays. So she doesn't even get a whole week of work. Or I think she said mornings. Oh, mornings. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. Mornings. So she's not even getting a full day of work. Mm-hmm. She's so, just, um, her hours are getting cut by John. Yeah. So Eva gets really pissed off, and um, Sophie picks her up later that day, and um, Sophie invites her out to dinner with uh, a dumb, a dumb banker. I feel like that's what she said. Yeah. And um, so Eva agrees, and they're getting ready at um at the house at Eve's house and when they go out Sophie introduced Eva's to these two guys but we get this really interesting scene before Eva interacts with the two guys she has to kind of like her friend 
has to push her way through like this crowded bar dining area and it's like everyone kind of like looks annoyed looks irritated that have to move out of the way for even her wheelchair and it just kind of gives you the sense that like don't get me wrong, I think Sophie cares for Eva, but she doesn't take a lot into consideration Eva's disability. Yes. Like, if I was Sophie, I wouldn't put my disabled friend in a situation where they feel uncomfortable trying to move amongst people. Like, you would try to have it already set up where, like, y'all had a large enough space for them, or you would ask, like, the staff, like, can y'all set us in an area where you know my friend who's who's in a wheelchair will have room yeah or if there's a tight place if I know it's a very tight um establishment I'm not going to bring my friend there if they can't move around comfortably yeah but um later that night uh the banker and his friend who's a hunter and I was his name just hunter or william no it's not william um, I don't remember either one of their names. And the I'm, only extra guy name I have that I didn't place with anybody is Thomas. Thomas. I'm just going to call him Hunter and the Banker. So the okay. Hunter and the Banker are like, you know, having fun, enjoying uh, Sophie and Eva. It's like company. And the Banker's like really crude and ro- rude to Eva and her medical, her disability. So, but the hunter kind of shuts that down and Eva's, a, you know, she's pulling some sparks. She's like, oh, I like the hunter. And then um, when the guys walk away to get some drinks, Sophie's like, what do you think about the hunter? He's a hunk, right? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, but I don't think, and she's like, I was talking about me. And I we disagreed on this, but I really feel like Sophia was supposed to be like getting with the banker, but she chose the hunter over the banker. And I think in a way, Sophie felt like she had like, the ability to choose whoever she wanted because she didn't think either one of them would really pick Eva over her. Yeah. And we see at the end of the night, Sophia goes home with the hunter or they continue partying and Eva goes home with the, um, with the banker and this, Oh, and she wants him to take her home. She doesn't want to do anything extra. No, she literally just wants to go home. She's done with the night. And this is where a terrible, horrible, awful scene comes in that I do not wish to talk about. <laughs> but we will. So, um, the do you want ho- to talk about it? Oh, no. The bankers, like, unless you want to. Uh, no, you can go. Okay. So, the banker's kind of a shithead. He's already a shitty person. He, like, kind of throws her, um her like a wheelchair into the back seat really rough and like before he gets in the car he takes a like I think he's taking coke um up the nose out of like a weird little necklace around his neck and he gets in the car and he's driving Eva home and he introduces her to a app that's like stock exchange because that's what he's into he's like a big stock guy Mm -hmm. and Eva kind of passes out you know she falls asleep on the long drive home and when she wakes up the banker is assaulting her he is um he has his hands down her pants and you know she's paraplegic and she she's frightened like she's scared and she pushes him off and she's like i can't feel anything like you son of a bitch and he's like well i thought you were just you know like playing along and she's like i wasn't and instead of just you know he's already fucked up he's already a he's already a terrible person at this point he continues on he um unzips his pants and pulls out his um penis and he tries to force her to give him a blowjob because he's like well if that doesn't work your mouth works and he gets her down there and she's fighting him she's fighting him and she actually gets 
off the, she's able to get back up and you know he's pissed off because she's not wanting to be uh sexually assaulted so he gets out of the car he throws her out and he throws her wheelchair out and drives off after assaulting Eve, poor Eva and you know Eva's just hysterical like this man has just attacked her in her sleep and now attacked her while she was awake and she's screaming and she's cussing and the advent calendar is amazing in this scene. It does its job and it releases out of one of the little doors um, a black car that represents his vehicle and the dog grabs a hold of it. So he drove off and now he's parked somewhere jerking off because that's what he should be doing. And the glass starts to crack as the dog chews on the toy and the car starts to spin around. And by the next day, the car is destroyed and so is the toy car destroyed by the dog. And I want to say the reason the advent calendar did that is because um, Eva kind of made a wish where she says drop dead to him or yeah. court him. And honestly, I thought like he was just going to drop dead or something and the box do. But I was actually I was very like, I don't know. I like the way the box released the little black car. Yes. And I like that the dog in the box are kind of like. The box is using the dog and it will continue to use the dog. Yes. Unfortunately for the dog, the dog just becomes another pawn in this holding. But um, he, I wish we had, this don't sound bad. I kind of wish we got a longer gruesome scene of him being killed. And I kind of wish it wasn't a car wreck, but either way, I'm happy he was killed. I mean, he was kind of one of the worst characters in this movie and his death, it was gruesome, but it wasn't as gruesome as somebody else's death who did way less bad stuff than him. Yeah, like his death should have been longer and more gruesome. So um, after that, Eva goes to the park the next day. And while she's at the park, you know, she notices this handsome guy and I think she's seen him around before. And... um it's William and so she sees him and he goes sits down on one park bench and she's sitting on the other one and then her best friend Sophie comes and tells her that the banker guy from the night before he died and um, he was in a car wreck and it killed him and she is shocked but at the same time she's just like okay well that guy was a terrible person so I don't care and um, Sophie asks her if she wants to take her home and Eva's like no I'm going to stay at the park for a while and um, she's still making kind of like heart eyes at William. And then the scene changes. And so it changes, I believe, to that night, right? Where she gets it for the fifth day. No, we'll see. For the fourth day, she got, what did she get? A candy. I was the car on the fifth day? I think the car was on the fifth day. So I think this was the sixth day. Um, she got this little heart-shaped candy, and so she realizes that, that she could probably use it in somebody's drink to make them like her. And so the next day, she goes to, like, this little coffee shop or cafe, um, and she sees William sitting there reading. And so she orders her, like, a coffee or a hot cocoa. I wasn't sure what, what it, it was. It was meal wine. Oh, meal wine. And then um, she also orders him one and she drops the little heart thing in there. And then um, the waitress takes it to him and then he comes over and introduces himself and starts flirting with her. And his flirting was so terrible because literally one of the first things he tells her is that he's a nurse and he could help her clean herself since she's a paraplegic. Well, the reason 
he said that is because when she was talking to Sophie while they were at the park and she was watching William, she says, what, is he going to like be a nurse and uh, wash my private spot? So when he said that, it was kind of like her words in his mouth. Oh, I did not know that. I didn't realize that. I forgot. Yeah. And in a way, I'm not trying to be bad about Eva, but uh, you kind of spiked his drink. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought too. I was like, I don't know how I feel about the love potion thing. And he gets like the worst. He gets a pretty bad outcome out of all of this. So, yeah. So they spend all like all that day talking and he was supposed to go to his job. I guess he didn't go because like it's dark. And oh, I think he, he goes in at night. Okay. So William and Eve chatted up and, you know, he's like, hey, on my way to my job, I can drop you off at home. And, you know, she allows it because she likes him and he now likes her. And when he drops her off at home, I kind of don't remember what happens after this. I think it like gets pretty like regular, like nothing really important happens. Or am I well, wrong? Some, somehow she something happens and I don't know if it's because she eats another candy and it causes it. But she sleeps for four days. Oh, she ate a clock candy and somehow it speeds up time. Yeah. So four days go by and um, she goes into her work and John, the boss, is furious. And he's like, you disappeared for four days and you you're fired. Like Miriam can take your position. And then he also insults her. He's like, you're just a half chick on wills anyways. And so she loses her job and also John shows himself to be a real piece of work which we already knew but he was even more of a real piece of work but the good thing is when she goes home you see when she was with that banker dude he downloaded that app onto her phone the stock trading app Mm -hmm. and she pulls the four candies she ate during the four days that she can't remember she puts them together on her table and they they make a symbol of one of the stocks and she picks it And that banker guy gave her some money and she puts all the money on that stock and immediately the money begins to increase. Yes. And she's really surprised by that and kind of happy because she's apparently jobless now. So she needs the money. Yeah. So she goes to sleep that night and the box isn't done. She goes to sleep and the box opens up itself like the advent calendar opens up a box itself and releases a dog bone and calls the dog over and um, the dog eats it, and then the door opens up itself, and the dog runs out and disappears for the night. And the next morning when we see him come home, Eva has to clean him up because he's covered in red stuff, and she realizes that it's blood. And then while she, she sees that there's something in his mouth, and when she pulls it out, it is this little bitty, like, icon thing, this little cone that John would always wear on a necklace. And so she realizes that her dog has killed John. Yeah. Which is very interesting because I don't remember Eva saying anything like she wanted John to die or disappear. So maybe she just now she doesn't even have to verbally say it. Maybe she just thinks bad about someone. The advent calendar will kind of be like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Yeah. But um, so now Eva's kind of figuring out that this box is powerful and it can do amazing things. So she decides to finally, I, is this when she decides to eat the, um, the baby Jesus? Yes. Because she hasn't ate that candy yet. The candy from the third night of her birthday party, she didn't eat it because, you know, it kind of felt like a cruel joke. So she decides to eat. She immediately, her legs start to go crazy. 
Yes. It almost looks like she's having a seizure or something. Yeah, but it's like she's finally able to feel her legs. And I don't remember she eats another second baby Jesus because she had two of them at that point. And she uh, wakes up in the hospital and William's with her. And he confides that like he found people found her outside holding the advent calendar. Hmm. Yes. And so they brought her there. And while she is there, she has a very, very strange roommate at the hospital. Okay, so this is the only scene to me that really didn't make sense. So she's in the hospital, she ate the two baby Jesuses, and she finally remembers that it gave her the ability to walk, and she was able to walk outside before collapsing. And that's why she's awake in the hospital with the advent calendar. And she's kind of separated from this other patient via a curtain, and she hears the patient saying a prayer at night, and she's kind of ignoring that patient. But then, like, the patient, like, the I, the prayer doesn't get weird, but the patient's, like, deliver us from evil. And then she stands up, and she keeps walking near the lady's curtain, near Eva's curtain, and mm-hmm. then she stands there. And then it gets really scary. She opens Eva's curtain, hands her the advent calendar, and the lady's, like, deliver us from evil, deliver us from evil. And her eyes are black. And Eva opens up the another box, the, the the I don't know what day it is, but opens up that box and pulls out a coin and then puts it in the woman's mouth. So it's not a coin. It's actually um like a communion wafer. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I thought it was a coin. No, it kind of looked like a coin, but it was a communion wafer, like the thing that people eat when they do communion and they're like forgiven for their sins. That makes a lot more sense because I was like, I was like, most of the time when, in like, you know, the old rituals, when someone dies, you'd point a coin over their eye. I never thought of putting a coin in their mouth, but a communion wafer makes much more sense. Yes. What did you think of that scene? I, I thought more was going to happen with it, but then it just kind of got pushed along and nothing really came of that. And then Eva goes back home and, you know, her and William continue to talk and she continues to confide in him. And then she gets another baby Jesus candy. And so before she takes it, she goes to the hospital and meets with him and she takes it in front of him. And then he sees like what it does. And she actually can feel um, his hand on her thigh. Yes. And so he starts to realize there's something more going on with the advent calendar as well. Yeah. So right when it was kind of all like, you know, just what she had to say or, you know. Yeah, for some weird reason, um, earlier in the show, Sophie points out that Eve takes hallucination medicine and that, um, so a lot of people just assume it's like her not taking her medication. Yes. But, um, so right when William and Eve, all things are going great, love potion working amazingly, um, he drops her off at the pool and she's, you know, Antone, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, he's at the pool and, you know, he's kind of flirting with her, kind of offering to be assistance. Like, hey, if you need to get out of the pool, I'll I'll bring you your wheelchair. And she's like, OK, thanks. And she starts to swim. And William, um, he finds out he left Eve's keys, Eva's keys. So he goes to the house to, like, uh, drop the keys off. And he puts them in the pond. And he's telling her on the phone and he notices the door is kind of open. So he shuts it. And he goes back to his car. When he turns around, the door is completely open. So he's like, OK. Like, I want to check out her house, make sure there's no one in there. So he enters the house and um, 
he's like getting this weird vibe and the advent calendar box pops open and the priest is no longer looks like a priest. He looks like the demon creature and he's getting really freaked out and he hears the phone ring. Wait, does he hear the phone ring or does the mirror scratch first happens? Um, I believe it's the phone rings. So the disconnected, the disconnected phone. phone. Yeah, the disconnected phone rings. He answers it and he hears his name, but it sounds distorted. And then he starts to hear scratching sounds. So he looks at the advent calendar and he sees in this like foggy glass that something's being written in, uh, I believe it's French, but it's backwards. I don't know what it says. KK doesn't know what it says, but either way, it freaks him out. So he grabs the advent calendar, takes it into the car, starts driving, takes it down to like this and river. Breaks huh? rule number two. Oh, what's rule number two? Dump me and I'll kill you. Yeah. But the, my thing is, so why was the advent calendar even harassing him? I think that was just like, it would just try to get anyone it could involved and then anyone it could use to like either reward or punish Eva that's what it was doing but my thing is I wonder if because Eva you know maybe she saw Antone and was like oh Antone the box was like oh it no longer she no longer cares for William let's take care of him you maybe know? or I think part of it could also be that maybe because she was going to William for help and William was trying to figure stuff out and he was like a man of science it felt the need to uh get rid of him before he tried he started putting any of the pieces together yeah or it could be like hey you got love for a little bit but you know now the price is you got to yeah. sacrifice that love yeah he 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 breaks the rule like kk said and he throws the like he throws the advent calendar in the water and it sinks and then all of a sudden it's like he's been transported to that purple realm because like the sky the whole the whole imagery becomes purpley and like fog comes out of the water and this terrifying creature comes out of the water. The demon we saw earlier, but he's now like as tall as taller than William, I would say. And he's like, I for a second thought he was hovering over the water, but he's just really tall. And he like starts coming at William. So William hops in his car and like, you know, tr turns the car around and then he's the, gr the creature's gone. So William's like, oh, he's gone. And then it smashes the glass, grabs him, and then drags him into the river, drowning him. And at that time, Eva also starts to drown in the pool. Or she gets, she starts to get out of the pool, and then she collapses back into the pool. Yeah, and she sees, in the pool, she sinks deeper and deeper and sees William. So she swims down, and I guess she realizes that she can't save him. So she just, like, I think kisses him on the cheek and then starts to swim to the top. And I really like this scene because when she swims to the top, she breaks out of the water and you're like, oh, she's going to be in the pool. But no, she's in the river. Yes. And she has to swim all the way to, you know, like, to get out of the water. And when she's out of the water, the demon comes up to her. And does he give her the advent calendar? Yes, he hands the ad advent calendar back to her. Yeah, so we got this kind of interesting exchange between Eva and the demon. It's like he he's her servant, but also her master and vice versa for her as well. Yeah, it's she, like his, his master, but also his servant. It's his job to ensure that the calendar stays with her and anyone who tries to like 
take the calendar or take anything from the calendar that isn't Eva, they die. Yeah. So Eva, I don't know how she makes it back home. She just wakes up back home and the handsome and toned guys like, you know, knocking the door. He's like, hey, I brought you all your stuff from the pool. Uh, please come out. And she's like, leave or I'll set my dog on you, which is kind of scary. So he leaves. And um, then this is when it starts to get a whole lot more darker. And uh, yes, because um, that night at midnight, the ca- the calendar does its little chiming um, alarm thing. And she goes and she opens it and a knife comes out. And she realizes that it wants her to kill her dog. But she doesn't want to do it at first. But then the demon, I think, shows up and kind of threatens her. He chokes her. Yes, the demon shows up and chokes her. So she's like, okay, okay. And um, we don't see her kill the dog, thank goodness. But um, Sophia comes. Uh, Sophia shows up the next day at her house. And I believe Hunter's with her, the hunting guy. And she goes and knocks on, she's like, sees her wheelchair and she kind of worries for Eva and she enters the house and the house, like, it's like all dark and, you know, not very tidy. And she sees this, like, blood being dragged through the room. So she follows it and she finds Eva holding her dog dead. And Sophia stabbing the dog. Was she stabbing the dog? I thought she was just holding it. She was like, looked like she was shell shocked and that she was just going up and down with a knife still yeah so uh the next scene shows the a bag dog i believe being thrown into the back of sophia's car or hunter and sophia's like i have to stay with her for the night like i can't leave her alone and hunter's like i guess our weekend plans are canceled and she's like no he's she's like is there enough room and he's like yeah there's enough room so they decide to take i think it was already planned but now they plan to take eva sophie And Hunter planned to take Eva to their hunting lodge. Yes. So Sophie stays the night with Eva. And, you know, while Sophie's, while Eva's asleep, um, the box chimes and Sophie opens up the the day for that, that day. And she pulls out a candy and it's shaped like a penis. And Sophie finds it funny and hides it in her bra. Well, Eva, like, immediately is right there. Is like, where's the candy? Like, what came out of it? And Sophie's like, a pack of gum like a stick of gum and Eva grabs it from Sophie and like chomps it down and Sophie's like okay whatever I just want to say no offense to Eva but like I was just like how did she believe that that package of gum looked way too normal yeah like out of everything that has come out of the advent calendar you're gonna believe a stick of gum like yes but, and then she kept saying, like, nothing's happening with this gum. And even the next morning, she's like, nothing's happening with this gum. Yeah. So Eva's, like, in this, like, this, um, like, she's very, like, uh, what is it called? Shell-shocked, like you said. Yes. Um, but I will say, before we jump over there, we get this interesting scene while Eva is asleep. Sophia goes into this room, and it's, like, a dance room. And, like, there's all these pictures of Eva. So we now know she was a dancer, and, you know, like, that was probably a big part of Eva's life. Well, it's dance. She was a professional dancer. Yeah. So, like, her legs were really important to her. And we get a little bit more backstory on Eva on the drive to the hunting lodge. I guess Hunter's already there. So, it's just Sophia and Eva. And Sophia's driving Eva. And um, Eva falls asleep with the advent calendar. 
when she opens her eyes, the advent calendar is gone. She's younger. And so Sophia, and it shows us that the, Sophia was driving and wanted to take a picture on her phone or a video. And by doing so caused a car accident that made Eva lose her ability to walk. Yeah. So now we know Sophia is the reason Eva can't walk. And we see why Eva doesn't want to talk to Sophia about it because it will bring up all these, you know, bad thoughts and bad memories. So while at the hunting lodge, Sophia and Hunter are just out and about hunting and enjoying themselves. And Eva's just in her room holding the advent calendar, just begging it not to hurt her friend. Yes. Um, Honestly, it doesn't really hurt Sophie until later. And I'll let you tell them that scene. So Sophie gets back and um, she's trying to like engage with Eva, but Eva's just not really in a good place to talk. So she leaves Eva in one room and she goes to see Hunter, the her boyfriend, and they're flirting and kissing. And then he's like, I can't I can't get, you know, hard while Eva is here. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. So Sophie takes out the little penis shaped candy and is like, oh, try this. And so he eats it. And then things get kind of confusing because Eva's still in the other room saying she doesn't want Sophie to get hurt. And then she starts to hear a lot of commotion coming from that room. Now, I don't know if it was a demon that beat both of them up or if the hunter beat, like, hurt Sophie because of the, the candy. And then the demon showed up and hurt them both. I really don't know what order things went in. Yeah, so Eva's in her room praying, or not praying, she's just begging the advent calendar not to hurt Sophie. And we hear, you know, Sophie and Hunter having some fun. And then all of a sudden, Sophie starts screaming and at Hunter. And next you know, Sophie gets bashed through the door and lands near almost near Eva's feet. She's covered in blood, completely naked. We don't see anything, thank goodness. And Hunter's just standing there and he looks like ballistic, like he looks like he's enraged like his eyes are red he looks like an animal and next you know the demon comes up behind him snaps his neck he drops dead and then the hunter walks and i think it steps on sophie killing her because you just hear the squishing sound and yeah that's what i thought too that the demon stepped on her and killed her yeah and then it's i don't know what it does next it stands in front of eva i think it does and then it like touches her like touches her cheek or something and then like banishes and so she's like she's like i gotta figure this stuff out like my best friend just died the other guy died too many people are dying i need to figure this out so she starts digging into the advent calendar and she comes across this compartment at the top and she finds a painting and a painter's name and it's like from the year before so she takes the car and she had Oh, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. The Before Sophie and Hunter die, she gets a candy and she opens it and it's a baby Jesus. And, you know, with each, like, I feel like each baby Jesus comes a sacrifice because after she ate the last baby Jesus, William had to die. And now she doesn't want to eat this one because she doesn't want Sophie to die. But the demon kills Sophie and kills um, Hunter, and then feeds her the baby Jesus. Yes, that's what it did. That's what it did. It fed her the Jesus. And now she has the ability to walk, so she, like you were saying, she leaves the cabin uh, because she found that picture, the painting, and she takes the car and drives to the painter's house. Now, I thought he lived in Germany. Did he not? 
I thought too, but I guess not. I guess maybe he lived in, maybe he was living in France, or maybe she did drive all the way to Germany, and maybe it wasn't that far. Yeah, but she finds him, and she's knocking on his door, and he's like, who's there? And she says, it's me. And he's like, like, why are you here? And she's like, I have one of your paintings. And he's like, oh, when did I paint it? And she's like, a year ago. And he's like, then he opens the door. He's like, hey, that's impossible because I'm blind. And he is blind. But she's like, well, here it is. So he's like, come in. And he's like, lay down on this table. So she opens it and lays it down. And it shows a picture of a dead woman, a dead child. And I think like the advent calendar in a corner. And he's touching it. And he's like, and I guess somehow he's realized what it is. Like it, when touching it, it gives him flashbacks of those old memories. And he's like, this isn't me. I never did this. You need to get out of my house. And his wife and kids show up and they're kind of freaked out. And she Eva comes to the realization. She's like, you did. You killed them. And it must have gave you a candy at the end to reverse everything. Like to get them back, to resurrect yeah. them. Yeah. It gave you your sight. By you killed them and it gave you your sight to paint again and this is what you painted and then you took like the I guess the last candy or candy and it reversed everything so at, she leaves and now she has come to the conclusion that she can get everything back to normal she just has to go like she has to just do everything the advent calendar says or she will die yes but if she can survive until the end which is the 24th of December then she will get the candy and everything can go back to normal. Yeah. So <laughs> so the demon's still with her and he's like threatening her in the car uh, when she pulls out a doll. Um, so she's like, okay, I'll do it. And let me just say, she could have done it very quickly, what the demon wanted, but I feel like she dragged it out in the worst kind of way. And I feel like with her, what she does to the doll, which is, in fact, represents Miriam, um, I feel like the way with how gruesome and how cruel she made Miriam's death showed that not only was this the advent calendar taking a toll on her, but the demon was somehow, like, like, changing her at her core. Yeah. So for poor Miriam, Miriam gets it the worst and I hate it. She rips out Miriam's, all of Miriam's hair and then rips off her toenails and fingers and then just starts to break her bones. Yeah. It's like one by one until she crumples her all up. Yeah. And it was just, it's like, come on, Eva. Like, you not even the banker guy who tried to rape you got it that bad. Yeah. Like, you could have just like spun the neck really fast and just broke it. Mm-hmm. But either way, she does that, and um, the next thing she gets is a gun, I believe. So she um she shows up at her dad's house, uh, her 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 dad's and her uh, stepmother's house, and she gifts the stepmother with the ad with a box, and the mother opens it. The stepmother opens it, and it's the advent calendar, and it's there's a card. It says "Merry Christmas from Eve," and the stepmother's just such an asshole. She's like fuck you, I'm going to throw this advent calendar in the fire, even though it's a beautiful box. And w- as it starts to burn, she's walking away and she notices there's a shadow growing next to her and it's the shadow of the demon. And like the second rule says, drop me and you die and the demon takes care of her. Yes. 
So she goes to her father and her father already kind of knew what was happening. The last time she visited her father, he mentioned that the advent calendar would require sacrifices. And when it required him as a sacrifice, he would be willing. Like he wants to die. He wants to be with his wife, not with this lady and not like just sitting in a chair all day with dementia, probably not being taken care of. So she holds the gun to his dad head to her dad's head. And she's kind of like, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And but finally she decides to shoot him and she does. And that's the last sacrifice, isn't it? Yes. And um, that was probably the hardest one for her. But she returns back to her place and doesn't she reach out to Antone? Yeah, she's like has all this money. So she decides to go out with a bang. So she rents like a really expensive hotel and she invites Antono and Anton. Anton, I can't say his name now. Anton. Anton over. And, you know, they have fun. And she tells him the whole story, which I think, like, can I just say Eve's too trusting of people? Yeah, but I think this movie also kind of shows just how limited her support system is. Like, the only person she had who really cared about her was Sophie because her dad was too sick to care about her and she didn't have any other family or friends. And then William kind of became a friend, but then he died pretty quickly. So, yeah. So she like she tells Anton everything, and he's like, okay. And she goes up to the top of the hotel, and she gets her phone out and records a video explaining the rules. And she starts to dance. It's like her final moment. She does her uh, professional ballerina dancing, and after she's done dancing, uh, what was her plan after that? She puts it in the box and with a message that it's for the next person to see. And then she waits until midnight and she goes to take the candy. But before she takes it, Antone runs up onto the roof and he grabs the advent calendar and he's like, wait. And she's like, what? And he's like, okay, if you, he's like, you don't have to eat that candy. And she said, it's rule number one. I have to eat the candy. And he said, no, because it says after you open the thing on day 24, you no longer have to obey the rules. So you don't have to obey that rule anymore. You don't have to eat it. You can get rid of it. And then he throws the box and he's like, and if you don't, like, if you don't eat that candy, you'll, you'll be able to keep your legs and everything will stay how they are now. But if you eat the candy, you're going to wake up and it's going to be December, you know, first again, and you'll be paraplegic, but everyone you killed will be alive. Yeah, so she's stuck between a rock and a hard place. She can either have her legs, have all this money, because she has accumulated so much money through the stock market, have Anton, this hunk, or she can wake up December 1st, paraplegic with all her family alive. So um, we don't get to see what she does. She still has, it's a very clear candy. And um, the next scene we get is one where there's this man banging on her door, holding a crown. Before you go into that scene, I kind of want to say we don't really get to see what she does. We do get to see how much turmoil the decision brings her because she just starts screaming. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then you can go into what the, the ending scene. But we get this um, scene where like this guy's banging on her door. He's holding a crying baby. He's screaming for Eva and he he's watching her video. And, and it I, says a year later. Yeah, a year later. And I'm kind of confused by this because I'm like, if you watch her video, it's pretty self-explanatory. 
But we realize that everybody so far has had a disability. The first gentleman, he was blind. Eva was paraplegic. And this guy, we think he might be deaf. Yeah, because he seems like he he doesn't. He seems like this box is really fucking up his life. And the door opens up and it's completely black. And he walks inside and then like, that's the end. That's the end of the advent calendar. So the movie really leaves you on like um, a cliffhanger. Like we don't know if Eva took the candy, if she didn't. We don't know what's going to happen with this guy. And I actually really like that. Most of the time I don't like endings that kind of leave you hanging. But I actually enjoyed this ending. Yeah, I, I think the ending wasn't too bad either. And I, overall, I actually like the movie. Um, I think it's a movie that keeps you guessing and it kind of keeps you a little bit shocked because each scene you don't know what's going to happen and then you don't know what the calendar has in store for Eva or how it's all going to play out. Um, This movie did get pretty good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. It got 81%, so that's pretty good. Oh yeah, that is pretty good. I also like that the demon, demon wasn't your stereotypical demon and it wasn't played out too much. Yes. Um, one of the things that was interesting about this movie is it kind of reminds me of a slasher movie in the sense that it's just like you're going from death to death to death to death to death. And you don't really get much plot line. Like you don't get a story about where the advent calendar came from. You don't get a story about why this is happening. It's just you were gifted with this advent calendar. You ate the first candy and now... But in a way, it's almost like the advent calendar chose Eva because of her disability. And so it it knew it could put her in this position where she had to choose. Do you want your mobility or do you do you want your mobility and sacrifice your soul because you did all of these horrible crimes? Or do you want to keep your riches and keep your mobility? Yeah. And see, that's the interesting thing, because usually with like stuff like magical boxes or things like that there's usually a price it's like oh like at the end of i don't know like something like at the end of the movie she would go into the box and become the demon you know what i mean or become a soul's trap but it really it kind of is more like a test of human nature it's like you got this box in front of you um it can give you if you start eating the chocolate or the candy it'll give you amazing miracles or you can not because it's very explicit and the rules are very simple you eat the first candy you have to eat all of them or you die and it always gives you the choice you can die or someone else can die Mm -hmm. and it's I think you're right I think it's very it's like a test on the human soul or the or the person's morals yes um what else was I gonna say also after Eva um you know after Eva's stepmom's death we don't see the demon anymore so it like becomes it's like, okay, my job here is done. Like, you would think it would try to come out and try to kill her before the 24th day. But instead, it's like, no, the goal here is to see what you decide to do. Yeah, and then it makes me wonder if maybe the demon is forcing her. It's like, either I kill you or anyone who destroys this box. But I wonder if it's, in a way, a slave or a servant to the box itself as well. Like, it's trapped. Like a gypsy, I mean, not a gypsy, um, a genie. A genie, yeah. Yes. Um, I will say, I think, I don't know. That is a good point. I did see somebody's review where they tried to say, like, this 
they think the demon is working like for God or like putting people through these trials to see if they're pure of heart and soul. And I don't know, maybe because I know the box is creepy and stuff. It just didn't really feel like malicious. You know what I mean? Like most demons or I guess things that are using demons, they either want to possess people and they want people to kill people or do horrible things. And, you know, they want to continue to be free, but this demon's kind of like follow the rules or I kill you. And that's yeah. all. It's just there to reinforce the rules. And I did think for a while, I wondered like, well, maybe as the more you do what the box wants, the more the demon is able to take possession of you. But we don't really see that at all in this movie. I just think it's a, it's a pretty good movie. And uh, if I had to give it a score on how good it was, I would say it's a four out of five for me. Yeah, I think the four, four, um, like 3.9, four out of five would be a good score for this movie. It was really good, in my opinion. Um, it wasn't, I didn't like everything about it, but I liked enough about it. And it was definitely interesting and it made me think so. Like you said, you pointed out a really good point. It is like a slasher movie because there's not a lot of plot behind the advent calendar or like, you know, just it's not very thick it's very simplistic you know we're just from kill to kill to kill but it's still very entertaining and it's a new interesting take on a holiday because you know most of the time you get a christmas horror movie it's like someone's either you got a killer on christmas night or santa claus is trying to kill you yeah and i like the fact that this really didn't this movie didn't really involve much of your stereotypical common christmas themes you really didn't see much of Santa Claus or elves or anything like that. Instead, it was like, you know, more focused on this kind of obscure part of Christmas, the advent calendar. Which is, you know, I honestly didn't know advent calendars were originally religious, you know. And it's just interesting to know that, like, they started by German Lutherans and they have a actually really big uh, historical religious background. Mm hmm. Um, I will say when I first was reading this, I honestly thought that as she went along, the candy was going to have like body parts in it or something that would make her not want to eat it. I don't know why I thought that, but that's what I thought before I watched the movie. But like you said, I think this movie is it's like it's essentially like if you it's like it's all about temptation to me. The candy's good, you know, candy. Everyone wants candy or like the rewards it gives her but the sacrifices it demands and what she's willing to give to get it. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, really- <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, You're fine. Any final thoughts on the movie? No, I think we covered it all. So next week we are doing, is it Krampus or no, it's a different one. No, it's Krampus, I believe. Oh, we're doing Krampus next weekend. Okay. So yes. tune in next weekend, guys. Um, we're going to be discussing Krampus. That one is a little more rooted in Christmas lore. I mean, it deals kind of with this ideal of Santa Claus or like a darker being, a darker version of Santa Claus. So tune into that. And if you want to give us any feedbacks or comments, you can reach us at shrieksandshiverpodcast.gmail.com. Yes, we would love to hear from y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.